Welcome to Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other week. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series seen recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I'm your host, Marina, of the blog Anime BNB, and with me is my co-host, Draggle, of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we discuss Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten, and Tomo-chan is a Girl. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to uh, discuss all of the most questionable anime topics of the season. All of them? In this episode? Well, three of the big ones, right? We have uh, slavery, my favorite topic. Um, and then we have, like, uh, putting the woman in the kitchen. And then we have uh, another putting the woman in the kitchen, sort of. Uh, okay, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that last one. But I really thought, like, the, the main commonality here was the fact that they are all technically romances. Oh, no, that's not why I suggested them. <laughs> okay. I suggested them for the moral wrongness. Well, talking about moral wrongness, why don't we start with Sugar Apple Fairy Tale then? Because this one is indisputably wrong. Yes, this is the, the highlight of the season, if you love morally wrong anime. Uh, this one, it's about a girl who has a sweet, loving romance with her slave. That is a very succinct description of what's going on here, but that's not what we're presented with at the start, or at least we're told to understand at the start. But it's basically what it is. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> do you remember when we talked about uh, all the shows from the season, and I mentioned that I skipped a lot of them of the specifically isekais, right? Mm-hmm. But another thing that made me want to pass on many shows was uh, how many light novel origins there were, and surprisingly, this one and the next one are actually both from light novels. But uh, I kept with yeah, yeah, I kept with this one though because I just couldn't resist the. Uh, volatile content that we had here <laughs> and also it just looks really good all right like it does this is really romance pretty. drama fantasy and a very pretty color palette and the character designs are nice and i just couldn't resist it i do love the artwork especially when they make their uh sugar pastries which oh, are, yes. are gorgeous but yeah it's uh i feel like it has a strong isekai influence even though it's clearly for girls and it's uh not an isekai but i I think they they read some isekai and they're like oh slavery what a great idea (laughs) (laughs) so is that the biggest influence that you're seeing here i mean I, i don't know where else they would get this dumb idea from well i feel like there are quite a few other sort of fantastical or era set fantasies that tend to bring in the fantasy or the slavery thing. Uh, that's not out of place. But most of them are like more negative about slavery than isekai, I feel. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. I'm struggling to actually think of some titles. There are some like notable shoujos, like romantic shoujos out there where there's always like that arc where the main girl is threatened by slavery and rape. Yeah. So, like, that's familiar, right? Exactly. And it's always done very negatively, like you said. Yes, yes. I've very rarely seen a show where they're like, oh, slavery, what a good idea. The slaves will <laughs> love that. Aside from, like, Civil War era slavery apophilogia. 
at least like on the surface, it, it realizes slavery is bad. Yes. She's like, oh, I want to free you after you've done slavery for me and achieved <laughs> everything I paid you for, I bought you for. But it's so sad. She's like, why won't my slave love me? I'm so nice to my slave. I feel like you're biased here and that you're sort of putting your own views on this because I don't think she expects him to like her or to be nice to her. I think she fully understands why he is the way he is. And she understands that, hey, I am in a position of power here because I have his wing in my pouch, right? She's always seems so surprised when he, he complains, though. He's always like, I'm only going to do it if you order me to. And True. She, I think she like, is naive in that manner. I wish I didn't have to be like this. Yeah, anyway, I hate the... Did you get to the episode where uh, he finally gets free? Well, I watched the first four episodes, and it's basically like its own little arc, right? It's their it's her discovering him, and then contracting him, and then them making their journey, the big betrayal, the competition. She frees him before the competition, right? And then the results of that competition. She freed him once her sugar was stolen, and she was depressed. <laughs> So metaphorical. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That betrayal was so... Uh, I, Predictable? I, I didn't really predict it, but I was only really? half paying attention. Oh. Because I thought he was like, uh, this guy, he's like way too into here. He should chill. Oh, we're talking about Jonas now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's like rewind because Anne and Jonas, it looks like are childhood friends. Like he's familiar with her. He's familiar with her mom. He seems to actually care about her and, you know, want to have a relationship. He's asked her but, multiple times to be with he, him, right? He cares about him, her like in a very creepy way where like exactly. he won't take no for an answer. He won't take no for an answer. He is definitely like that kind of male character that like raises all those red flags right yes. he's obviously very toxic in his expectations of what role she should play in his life yes but i i wasn't expecting him to like uh betray her like that i thought he would be like the useless butcher who followed her ah uh, i guess part of me wasn't surprised because like if he can't have her right if she refuses to let him have her then he'll take what is hers like for what he wants is how I saw it. Like if he can't have her, nobody can. If he can't have her, no one else can have her gifts. He's going to claim it for himself. I guess so. But he, he seemed like so oblivious that he would never have her. Yeah. I guess that's playing into the surprise and it worked for you. It worked for me. Yes. I kind of laughed because it it, was, it oh, seemed I, I, predictable to me. <laughs> I also laughed because it seemed stupid, but. <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that he thought he'd get away with it. And he almost did if if she had, like, been able to just give up like she was going to, then he would have gotten away with it, which would have been completely lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we knew he wasn't going to get away with it. Well, obviously not, because we have shelf and shell. Yeah. She should have done more than slap him. Should have made him a slave. Yeah, that part, I, uh, I don't agree with you there. But <laughs> I did find that dissatisfying that she just slapped him just because it would uh, give me more things to uh, judge this show for if he became a slave if you consider it his shame the betrayal and then his lying all of that was public so who in their right mind would hire him in the future he's forever blacklisted probably probably yeah I so that's also him. punishment there that's true he got his just desserts public humiliation yeah. Well, now, uh, now he's no longer a slave, and now their their romance can blossom. 
Yeah, I'm really curious where we're going to go from here, right? I was actually surprised. Uh, you've watched the result of the competition, right? Yeah. Okay, so I was surprised that she still lost, that there was no winner announced. It was considered like a, a draw because the one that was big enough to be used isn't under her name. And like they said, she's improved since she made that larger sculpture. So they don't really have like a good representation for the purposes of this competition, which I thought was a bunch of bullshit, but (laughs) it gives them a reason for her to come back in future episodes, right? Probably like the last arc. I was confused why it it made it seem like the king and that guy who found her, they like be nice to her by not letting her win. Yeah, it is kind of weird, right? Like, oh, you don't get to get this title, but hey, because this dude that you met on the journey is secretly like this big name in the sugar world. She's probably going to get an in, right, <laughs> to his school world. or something. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. She's a, she's a no, sugar it's master, the, right? It's the perfect description. That's why I'm laughing. It's, it's just so funny when you actually say it. The sugar world. <laughs> the, the apple sugar world, yeah. I mean, okay, rewind here, because like this is all about, one of the main themes here is not just romance, not just about slavery and fairies and love. We also have food. Food is a huge theme here, and it's specifically like sweets, right? The apple Right. Sugar. Sugar apple fairy. Oh, is there sugar from apples? I thought it was silver sugar. I think so. It's a little ambiguous, isn't it? I don't know. But I mean, if you look at the director of this work, they have history in a lot of other food shows. I mean, they worked on Food Wars, the fifth season. They worked on Kyo in Kyoto, which is about a girl, I think, who goes and like cooks for the geisha or the, the geisha in training. I don't remember that show at all. Uh, it was a recent, I think it was from last year. Which one? The, the Kyo and Kyoto or the Food Wars? Kyo and Kyoto. I remember Food Wars, of course. Yeah, yeah. I had it on my to-watch list, the Kyo and Kyoto, but I never got around to it because it seemed like very slow-paced for what was probably a busy season. But it, like, there are histories here of food. And so this is a familiar theme to me. And she's probably going to go into training, right? She's probably going to like go with that guy and improve her craft and we're probably going to get like a final arc of her coming back and actually winning the tournament oh god we're gonna have tournaments all the way well i am curious like where are we going to go from here right because this is supposed to be a 12 episode season so what are they going to do for like the middle arc before that like finishing arc right they'll like go on another journey well he's free now right yeah but then he'll find some reason to follow her and then they'll get married and live happily ever after Oh, that sounds so nice, the way you said that. You think slavery is still going to appear for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think so. There's going to be more more fairies, and she's going to be nice to them. Do you think at the end they'll somehow make it so that slavery is abolished? Because that would be kind of nice. No, of course not. Well, because they make it sound like they used to have like a peaceful thing, and then fairies ended up subservient to humans, and she's sort of their savior, I see. Yeah. If there's no slavery, then she's not good anymore. What? She's good because she hates slavery, even though she has slaves. That's a very interesting take, but okay. Yes. Just like Thomas Jefferson. She might not be a savior, but perhaps she will be the best sugar master. Yes. She'll be the best sugar master in the sugar world. But I just think it's weird that he's the only fairy that we've seen that is a full human size. Like, he's bigger than the main character. He's basically a human man with a wing why so they can have sex 
Right. Actually, so didn't the other um, guy that they met on the journey, the one who ended up being like the head of a sugar school, didn't he also have like a full size battle fairy? He might have. I don't, don't remember. So maybe it's like a battle fairy thing. I don't know. Yeah, I assumed it was like they're more powerful the bigger they are. Yeah. Although you'd think there'd be some in between sizes, but. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like all innuendo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, let's move on, because we don't have that much time. Let's move on to The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. I, I was going to drop this one, but then I changed my mind once I... Wait, no! Are you happy you didn't drop it? Yeah, I actually kind of like it. Aha! I'm ashamed to admit. Why are you ashamed? Uh, it seems like the show I shouldn't like. And also, really? like, so, some of the show, I, I really... It pisses me off, but that's why I like it. Okay, go on. <laughs> Oh, like, I hate the thing, how he's always like, oh, I'm not interested in her at all. She's like, oh, he's not interested in me at all. Well, they're clearly both interested in each other. (laughs) Okay, Drago, I think we need to make clear there is definitely a difference between intention and emotion, right? Like, he does not intend to come on to her. He does not intend to have a romantic relationship with her. That doesn't mean that he's not going to, like, grow those feelings and be affectionate towards her, and vice versa. She doesn't intend to become his girlfriend, right? I mean, she's doing all these things that are very girlfriend-like. Yeah, no, I agree. But that's not her intention. It's not their intention. But there, like, I think at this point, episode four or whatever. Yeah, that's where I am. They both are just in denial, they are, because the fourth episode definitely felt like we've got emotions going on here. They obviously are starting to like each other, right? Yes. But, like, up to that point, I kind of believed that they were firm in their their plan, right? Their plan to have, like, a very sort of professional, almost, relationship with each other, where it's, like, very transactional, right? Like, she cooks for him, he lets her do this, and they are able to just be themselves around each other without any expectations. I, I was kind of believing it for a while. Yeah. If I didn't know it was an anime, I would have believed mm-hmm. it. But <laughs> and maybe part of it is believable to me even more so because of my own personal experiences in college. I had a guy friend mm-hmm. who he was kind of the girl character, if you can believe that. And I'm kind of like the guy character. If we're talking about like how you are at home, we were even roommates um, for uh, a year or so. And like he was the one who was very domestic. And I was just sort of like there to take in. The, the rewards of his cooking and house stuff. So like it was believable to me because neither of us had any intentions. At least I didn't have any intentions of anything more than that. But did you like tell everyone you meet that you have no intentions to them? <laughs> oh, yeah, because to a lot of people, it's strange, right? A guy and a girl living together. Right. I think so. I think it's still considered strange to some people. Like they expect that you're eventually going to be interested in one another, which is often what happens with proximity and what's obviously going to happen in this show. Interesting. Like, the more time you spend with each other, the more you start to understand one another. And then affection, you start to have, like, your inside jokes. You start to have understandings. Like, you can, like, read their body language. And that very often becomes something more. Interesting. I had a a woman roommate before, but I never Mm -hmm. told anyone we weren't dating. Well, did they ever pressure you about it or ask you about it? There's also that. Like, there's no yeah. reason to really bring it up if no one asks you about it. No one ever asked me about it. And that might be, I don't know, maybe because you're a guy. I, I really don't know why. But yeah. personally speaking, like, a lot of people would ask me, like, oh, are you guys 
interested in one another or that's kind of strange that you guys live together and you're not dating. Like, those were comments I was used to. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's just like where you live as well. Maybe. I also think it's weird how there's like, you, you said like it's very transactional at first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, why can't they just be normal friends? That, that doesn't well, because I think it's because they don't really know each other yet. Like you can be, you don't immediately become friends with someone. I, I've never had like a transactional, like such an explicit transactional relationship with someone. Well, I think that's part of the draw of the show. It is very strange how that they first begin interacting with the, with one another. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, to me, it's almost like professional when I said that. It's almost like an employer and an employee thing. <laughs> like, he's hiring her to cook and clean for him or something. Exactly. Which uh, brings us to our next point, how uh, it puts the woman in the kitchen. Yeah. They try to sort of play it off as that this is what she wants, right? Right. But it does definitely, like, put her in that role. So it's it's difficult because... I feel conflicted about it because she makes it clear that that is not the role she's aiming for and that she does this purely for her own satisfaction. Yes, she, she does. She does say that. So that's why I'm, I'm not sure whether or not to complain about this, because if this is what she truly wants, right, then how can it be that he's putting her in there? Well, I mean, I think it's what the authors truly want. Mm. So if, if like she were a real person, then I... I would think, like, well, she's internalized the patriarchy, but whatever, I don't care. It's her problem. Right, but isn't that, like, presumptuous of you to assume that she doesn't actually want to do this? Exactly. she's only doing it because of she's internalized the patriarchy? Exactly. It is presumptuous of me, which is why I don't care. But (laughs) in the case case of the anime, I would say the creators of this anime have... This is a very patriarchal story where the woman loves to be in the kitchen and loves to clean and she does it for free yeah i was wondering if you had any familiarity with the uh creator of this original because this is a light novel again a light novel and i am not familiar at all with this person saiki san have you read any of their other works i have never read a light novel okay and then the director this is the only work i see credited under the director so again it's like very blank canvas for me I mean, just based on the story, like, it's a clearly, like, a male wish fulfillment thing. Yeah. You have a wife to uh, take care of your house, and then you don't even have to date her and give her Valentine's Day presents or whatever. Right. That whole, like, thing with him wanting to thank her with gifts, the teddy bear is the first one, right? Was a little odd. <laughs> because she, she claims she doesn't want it, but hey, he wants to give it to her. Well, it's the same thing she did with giving him food, so... I guess so. And she went hard in the uh, dating female stereotypes. He went hard in the male stereotypes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good point that you bring up that this fulfilling a fantasy of getting all of the good things without putting in any of the work. Exactly. I suspect soon they'll, uh, they'll realize they, they can no longer be, I don't know, what, what's it called? Uh, transaction buddies. Yeah, especially because now his friends know about it. And I thought that was an interesting thing where he sort of makes that wish that it was their secret for a little bit longer. (laughs) Does that kind of like fit in with your whole notion of this being a fantasy? Yeah. Now his friends know. Now they're probably going to be friends with her. Right. They're certainly leaning that way. So the motion's already put in for them to become more than what they started out as. And... You know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in how it's going to go because I have been enjoying the humor of the show 
This is sort of like slice of lifey, but I feel like as boring as it could easily be because a lot of it is dialogue. Right. A lot of it is dialogue and body language, like the way they react to one another. But I've actually been enjoying it. I've been so enjoying it. So I think that it, it is too, well written. Despite all my complaints. Yeah. But the complaints are part of why I like it, just like I like the slavery issue. <laughs> I mean, I think the dialogue is actually kind of clever. And I think they do a good job of portraying their feelings just on how they like look and react to one another. Yeah. It's kind of in the same genre as like the Ori Gairu and that, that recent Mama Haha or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where the high schoolers with like somewhat intelligent conversation talking a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I would say they're like they're on the path to become friends with benefits. Except they they're not really even friends. Not admittedly. Yeah, but they, I think they're definitely think they like are. becoming that. They just they yeah. just in denial about even being friends. They've already sort of made a step that's obviously friendship, right? Her spending Christmas with him and playing the video games. Like you yeah. don't just do that with anybody. Well, you don't do it with like complete stranger, yeah. Right. So I mean also how dumb of it was him to not get a second controller, but or was it calculated so that he could like put his hands on her hands to show her how to play the game, right? <laughs> Yeah, and then they don't have to compete with one another so that he has to either pretend to lose or, like, completely beat her because she doesn't know how to play games. I feel like she was the more calculating one. Didn't she, like, fall asleep on his lap or something? No, she fell down on his lap because she does that normal thing that a lot of people who are new to games do is they, like, move their body with their character's movements. And she, like, fell over on his lap. Hmm. Sure she did. Sure she did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, any other comments, or shall we move on to our last one? Yeah, let's move on. Dude, Tomo-chan is a girl. This one is about Tomo-chan, and she's a girl. And, uh, she's, uh, she's very, like, athletic. So the guy she likes doesn't believe she's a girl. Well, although he clearly does realize he's just, like, trying not to hit on her. Yeah, I mean, I think in the first episode... They kind of make it seem like he's oblivious to it. Oh, he's not oblivious. Right. Like, the further we go along, it's very obvious that he is not oblivious to the fact that she is actually a very attractive, physically attractive girl, and her personality, like, totally meshes with his. Yes. They clearly like each other. They're just in denial. They're just idiots, right? Okay, yeah, that's a much more accurate description. They're idiots. <laughs> yeah, um, so this one's another single-core show, except while the previous two were only like 12 episodes each, this is a, uh, an additional one. This is 13 episodes. This comes from a manga, so hopefully it'll be a little better. I, I feel like I'm enjoying this more than the previous two. I don't know about you. Yeah, I am too. I, I actually really like this manga as well. So. Yeah, I laugh a lot at this one. Yeah. Oh, you read the manga too? I haven't read the manga, but uh, I'm just talking about the anime itself. I've been laughing quite a bit in the show. Yeah, it's pretty good. I love, uh, uh, what's Tomo's friend's name? Misuzu. Misuzu. She's the best. Her voice She's actor great. is perfect, too. <laughs> the, I think all the characters are pretty great in the show, to be honest. I don't really like the main two that much, to be honest. Tomo and Jun? Yeah. They're fine, but... I, I like them. I like that they have a very equal footing, I guess, relationship, mm-hmm. because, like, they grew up, they're childhood friends. Like, he's a student at her father's dojo, right? Karate. Right. And so there's, like, a mutual respect there, where like, he has a full understanding of how strong she is. And in fact, she inspired him as a child to become better, I think. And he still respects her. And that's something I've been really enjoying. I think it'd be easy to sort of, like, put 
her on a pedestal, and he doesn't really do that. Like, what was that? The other guy was shocked that he punched her, even though she punched him, which I think is a fair trade. Like, if you're going to punch someone, you better expect to get punched back. (laughs) (laughs) So I like that. But yeah, I think I also find a lot more humor in Misuzu's character and also more recently Carol's character. Yeah, Carol is great too. <laughs> like I thought when she was first introduced that she was a super annoying mm-hmm. inclusion. Like I, I hated that they wrote her in this. But then she evolved and she has become one of my favorite parts of the show. Oh, yeah, I think I remember you saying you hated her in the our season preview. Yeah, because she just seemed like such a stereotype. The blonde American exchange student stereotype that was super annoying and had big boobs and all the guys loved her and she hated the main character. (laughs) And she's still all those things. But I mean, she doesn't hate the main character anymore. But she uh, she's quite clever, actually, and also very blunt in a refreshing way. And I really like her friendship with me, Suzu. Yes, the the perfect friendship from hell. But you like Misuzu, right? She's like your favorite character? Oh, yeah. I love Misuzu. He's great. Yeah. I think you're right that her voice is pretty spot on. Yeah. I think anime needs more uh, more ex-girlfriend characters. Oh, yeah. That actually shocked me that they dated for three days, which they haven't really gone into a full explanation for why they dated in the first place. Like, why did he even ask her out? But uh, I thought that was good. Yeah. She's uh, she's quite funny. This, this show, like, I I included this in the the three nightmare anime because it does sort of have weird takes on gender like uh, the whole title Tomu is a girl where like all these things she does are supposed to be not girly but I think like it's really not because only she thinks that yeah I think it is it's her explanation right to her friends to the guy she likes I don't think that's necessarily like the attitude that everyone else takes right Clearly, the guy realizes she's a girl. He's just in denial. Yeah. So I think the title itself kind of gives the wrong impression. Yeah. I think it's a very unfortunate title, to be honest. I mean, if you could title it, what would you call it? I don't know. I mean, I, I would call it, call it like, it, would, it wouldn't be about Tomo. It would be about Misuzu. She would be the main <laughs> character. She's not the main character, though. It could be Misuzu is a girl. But she's obviously very girly. How, wait, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not good at making titles. I'm not good either. That was also very, like, for me to just throw that out at you and expect you to come up with something right away. Unrealistic. Yes, but I would make me Susie the main character. She could probably do her own spinoff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be fun. But I mean, I am four episodes into this show. I think there's five out now. Uh, I don't really know where this is going. But I'm not really bothered by that. Like, there are some clear arcs in the previous two that we spoke about here, right? right. But in Tomo-chan as a girl, I haven't really gotten that feeling. This definitely has more of that slice-of-life feeling of them just going to school every day and having, like, these comedic arcs, like, half arcs that we have, um, like, a couple per episode. But yeah. I am enjoying it so far, so I'm fine with wherever they decide to go with this. Yeah, this one's more a comedy. And in, in the anime, or, sorry, in the manga, just to spoil you, it does go places, so. Oh, okay. It's not like they they stay the same the whole time. I mean, I am hoping by the end that they do end up confessing their feelings to each other, that they are on the same plate about that. I won't spoil it for you, but there's definitely developments in that vein. Because I think it could be pretty hilarious if they become a couple actually a lot sooner than the ending so that we can watch them be a terrible couple with one another. (laughs) 
Do you think they'd be a terrible couple? I think they would have a lot of misunderstandings and do a lot of ridiculous things. Oh, and it would be probably fun seeing them sort of become physically closer as a couple as well, because I'm sure they're going to be completely awkward about it. That's true. Maybe Misuzu and Carol could become a couple too. Carol likes the blonde boy that does karate with uh, Tomo-chan, so I don't know about that. Oh, she does. Yeah, she shows in the fourth episode, she has lunch with Misuzu on the rooftop, right? And she invites the guy that she likes up there. And she shows Misuzu how the guy obviously treats her as a sister and doesn't really see her as a romantic object. I mean, she drops food on her large chest and he brushes it off her chest without a thought. (laughs) So I would say that she does like him and she's looking to Misuzu to help her. (laughs) That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I can see Carol as a romantic object either. No, I don't really see them becoming a couple. Mm, maybe, maybe you know, because I believe that he likes Tomo-chan still. So that'll have to be its, like, own thing. Carol reminds me of that girl from uh, Kaguya-sama. What's her name? The crazy Which girl? girl. The crazy one. Uh, Chika? Yeah, Chica. <laughs> a little bit. I feel like Chica actually is a blend of these two, of both Misuzu and Carol. Yeah, that's true. Because she has a bit of a mean streak as well. She does. She's yeah. very, I think, <laughs> conniving. <laughs> I, I love those kinds of characters. Me too. I would say they they tend to be my favorite. I'm looking forward to the rest of Misuzu-chan is a girl. And it's spinoff. Misuzu-chan is still a girl. I thought we got Misuzu Chan as a boy. Oh, oh, interesting. That would be a good hmm. spinoff. Tune in again to Kaiseki Anime Podcast two weeks from now. Please feel free to send us questions or comments on Twitter with hashtag Kaiseki Anime Podcast or on our individual account at Draco underscore Kuhn and at Anime B&B. Listen and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can continue to grow and improve. You can also find us on Google Play. Thanks for listening. See you next time.